0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media. A good story is a good story. Hosted by Marsha Casper-Cook. Live shows every week with interesting interviews in the entertainment field with writers, producers, directors, and screenwriters. There's also shows about newsworthy topics and group discussions about writing tips. To
1: help writers reach success. New to the show are conversations about personal struggles and how to feel good about yourself in today's world.
0: One thing's for sure, it's always a lively conversation and lots of fun. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hi everybody, it's Marcia and we're going to talk about writing a memoir and uh, Kristen Lindsay Hager is my co-host today. Hi Kristen.
2: Hey, happy to be with you
0: guys. It's going to be fun, and and Annette Fix is here, and um, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things about writing and a memoir and legacies. So I think we're going to just get right into the show, but Kristen, why don't you say a little bit about who you are, and then we're going to let Annette talk, and then we'll just move on. Okay, sounds good. So much to talk about today. Yeah,
2: I am a young adult and contemporary romance writer. And working on my next YA one and that deadline is just chasing me down.
0: <laughs> okay. You know, all right, I I know you're gonna you want me to say I I am an author and a podcast host, a screenwriter, and I was an agent and I've had covid last week and this week, so my voice is, you know, probably lower than it normally is, which is not Surprise! And um, hopefully next week I will be done with COVID. Not done with shows. I've done them for 15 years, but the <laughs> show must go on. So uh, Kristen wanted me to say who I was because I she's done a lot of shows with me, and I don't, I don't ever say a lot about that. I just add into the conversation. But in this particular show, I have written a memoir uh, to life on Salah Lewis, so it should be very interesting to talk about all of this. You know, I think a lot of people out there are wanting to you know, create a legacy, and also they want to write a book, maybe someone else, because I wrote somebody else's story. So I'm going to let Annette talk, and then we're going to move on with the conversation. Hi, Annette. So good, good to have you here.
1: So happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to chatting about memoir, because that is my absolute favorite genre. So um, little about me. I am the author yeah. of The Breakup Diet, a memoir, and a personal storytelling coach. Um, I have a program called Write From Your Soul, where I do coaching and workshops for people that are interested in telling their personal stories or possibly writing a memoir for publication. And it's kind of my soul-driven mission to encourage people to mine their memories, embrace their experiences, and tell their stories. And everybody, you know, everybody, I think a lot of people think that they don't
0: have a good story, but that's really not true because I think in us, we all have had a life, and a lot of people now are very curious about a lot of things, you know, a lot of different people. You know, if you have a story to tell, don't feel that you're not a celebrity. Yeah, that's
1: one of the things that I absolutely, I completely agree with you. That's one of the things that I'm hoping to really help people understand is you don't not only do you not have to be a celebrity you don't have to have some uh, catastrophic uh, you know amazing thing that's happened to you in your life to still have stories that resonate with uh, with readers that's that's one of the things that I want to talk about today is a universal theme and also just the evolutions that people go through in their life and the experiences that they have you know, from high school through their young adult period, through, you know, uh, you know, family situations, that sort of thing. We meet so many people, we cross so many paths and have so many experiences that there's lessons in all of it. And I I think it's all book worthy or at least story worthy especially for uh for people's family legacy.
2: You were telling me a great story, Annette, about somebody who had found, um, I think it was a journal or diary, and um, can you talk about the the possum thing a little bit? Because that was just such an interesting story that I thought that somebody had found about the family.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things. I have a friend who has gotten really into genealogy and researching his family history and trying to find any sort of documentation about things, and he did come across I guess it was a small town article in a newspaper from probably more than I'm not even sure what year it was. I'm not going to try and try and date it. But he said that his family was having a, uh, a dinner party and the servants were making the food and they put an entire possum into the soup. And it was discovered, obviously, when they take the lid off to be able to serve people at this dinner party, that there was a possum, like a like an entire possum in the soup, as opposed to making a possum meat stew. I don't know. I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> but, uh, but he <laughs> thought that that little story about his family was just so it's quirky and it's funny. But he spent so much time trying to dig up just the daily life things to find out about generations in his family. And uh, that was one of them that he came across. And he wishes that there were so much more. I can completely relate to that because in my situation, my father passed at 46 years old when I was 21. Hello. And there, yeah. there were only yeah. little bits and pieces. Yeah, there were uh, congestive heart failure. There were only some little bits and pieces that I knew about his life as far as who he was before he was my father. Apparently, he used to um, do demolition derby when he was younger, like the cars oh, wow. so he would crash. And I didn't know anything about that. I knew that when he was in college, he climbed up the side of my mother's dorm room and wrote, "I love you" on her window in shaving cream. I mean, but oh, there was just so, so many. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there are so many, like, little stories like that that you don't know your parents or your grandparents or, you know, uncles or even, you know, extended right. family mm-hmm. and the things that they've experienced if nobody writes it down.
2: So true. Right. This, um, Marcia this. and I had the discussion, too, that, you know, when they talk about, like, you know, the, the last pandemic and stuff like that, we were talking about how family members didn't talk about it. And it seems so strange yeah. to go through something, you know, six, catastrophic. And we know that people that, you know, that we knew passed back then and it seems so odd that they didn't talk about it and how interesting and helpful it would be now to know the day-to-day things that they went through. But there's no written record from, you know, our personal families and nobody talked about it. Right. And And like my
0: grandmother grandmother was 101 when she died. And she she was, you know, here then at that time. But and she talked a lot about everything under the sun never not a, i never heard a word from her about a, anything like what would happen with covid nothing right and she was vocal right. about everything so that's what the thing, thing hoping, is i'm actually hoping
1: yeah i'm hoping that people do tell their covid stories because that is something that is so important i didn't hear anything about the pandemic of 1918 either you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, there was one, but we don't know what they lived through. Not a through, word. right. You know, just the things that have gone on, you know, between the, the masking and the social distancing and how that's affected relationships with, you know, there was so much domestic violence during the pandemic and, and different things like that. And I'm really hoping that people will tell these stories because the, the, his, the historians will tell the portions of it that fit with what they want in history but there's a huge there's going to be a huge difference between what's in the history books about the pandemic and yeah. the people that lived it that's the difference between like reading about world war ii and the high school history book or reading the diary of anne frank
0: yeah like, a lot of people all that i know have been on the show talked about the fact that they're not going to put COVID in their stories at all if they're mysteries or you know, romance or things like that. Um, Kristen and I did several shows on COVID. And, you know, it's very interesting because, like, you know, like shows on some of the shows, uh, you know, like on TV, the medical shows, they showed it. But a lot of people aren't really writing about it because they just want to entertain. But I, but after thinking about what you're saying now, I think that's probably, you know, because nobody, they don't even want to talk about it in their books. So I'm thinking maybe that will change. Because it, it, you know, hope- they, yeah. Because we don't know a lot of things from the times before, but now with everything, with the internet and everything. But people, I had my one of the shows, the first shows I had we, during COVID was right like when it happened, and I had I had guests on. We were talking. I said, should we talk about COVID? We didn't even know what to do. <laughs> you mean like would we talk about it? Would it? And I throughout the year I had shows the second year too about it and third, you know, but. At first we go like, Well, maybe it's just gonna be something we won't even talk about again but like you're saying, look at how many years later and we're still talking about it because we it's something in our lives.
1: Yeah. It, a, yeah, absolute significant portion of it. And I'm hoping that just for historical record because I, I understand maybe fiction writers wouldn't want to introduce that into their stories yeah. because when people do yeah. read fiction, they are looking for a story to escape, right. whether it's, you know, a thriller or, you know, young adult, whether it is romance or, you know, horror or whatever anybody is, is reading. But I honestly think that memoir, it is so super important because the microcosm uh, our life is a microcosm of the world around us. So when somebody picks up that book years from now uh, in in yeah. my memoir, the breakup diet, there is a a section because uh nine eleven happened during the period of yeah. time, and I wrote about what it was like being in you know in in the hotel room and having a you know my boyfriend friend call up on the phone and say, "Turn on the news," you know, mm-hmm. and we sat there just glued mm-hmm. to the television you know right. on vacation, you know crying about what was going on in New York, so I mean I don't know I, I feel it's super important just for historical record for the people to record yeah. living through various different uh, experiences like this. I think, it, I think it's really important.
2: Yeah, I so agree because sometimes, too, when you look back on a situation, like if somebody was to ask you where you were on 9-11, how you think and look at it now is different than how you were on that day, the complete fear, the overwhelming mm-hmm. fear that, you know, over time kind of dissipates, you don't remember the exact and so it is good to get it on, on paper right when you're living it, going through it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And the yeah. other thing, too, about events like that, I'll, I'll use 9-11 as an example, is there are so many, di- particularly in memoir, there are so many different perspectives that are vastly different of the same event. Um, there's a book yeah. called Ordinary Heroes. It was written by Joseph uh, W. Pfeiffer, uh, and he was a uh, first responder for 9-11. Okay, there was also a book that was written um, called Muslim Girl by Amani, and I know I'm going to butcher her last name, and I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the book is called Muslim Girl by Amani Al-K-H-A-T-A-H-T-B-E-H. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm thinking And her viewpoint of what it was like growing up um, as a Muslim girl in the United States. Right after nine eleven is a vastly different story
0: yeah. than yeah. the
1: story of a first responder at nine eleven. Yeah. So you have these two events that have happened, or the same event that has happened. The, the perspective of the people that have gone through it are completely different. I'm sure a right. story about right. uh, about going through COVID would be very different from depending you know, on the age they, group, uh,
0: per- Right, and, and the age group matters because what you do mm-hmm. if you were at home and you couldn't go to work. If you were at school, you couldn't go to school. And if you're very young, you couldn't go out and play with your friends. So it does. It, it's in nursing homes. I mean, there's hospitals. There, there is a lot to say about it because everybody That's did absolutely. handle it a certain way and they're still absolutely. doing it. A lot of people, they're not even going to work. Yes. You know, they're, they're still, I had somebody on from New York last week and we were talking about that, that, um, you know, people are, you know, the coffee shops aren't what they were because everybody, used to, like a lot of writers, went to coffee shops. And during that time, that was a very hard time because people didn't want to go out, for sure, and that's how they were writing. So it was hard for them to stay in the house and write when they're used to being, like, at a park, going for coffee, anywhere but home, you know. Yeah. I wanted to ask a question. Um, now, when someone is thinking about writing, where where do they start? You know, um there's a point what you had written to me also in a message. You know, sometimes you don't want to go too far back, but if someone's doing a memoir, what do you suggest for them on how – I think you have steps of what they should do, you know, how they decide what's important and what's not. Is that what you're going to be I coaching? I actually
1: – that-, it, that actually is part of, uh, of one of the very first steps in, in the coaching process that will also be – I'm going to be launching a workshop later on this year as well so that people can self-pace through it um, and, you know, uh, and go at the speed that they need to in case they have, you know, families or work and, and that sort of thing to, but still want to be able to sit down and write their story. Um, I, as a matter of fact, have something for your, um, uh, for your listeners. If they go to AnnetteFix.com forward slash five steps, and it's the number five, and steps, S T E P S, you know, all mushed together. But they can also um, find it done.
0: I have you on the show page, but you can uh if they go to your page, would they be able to find that too?
1: Um that particular Facebook? yeah, they could probably they could probably well, uh I haven't put it up on Facebook yet.
0: Um it is a no, I, mean, no, I mean, uh, on your web on your website. On your website. I have your website here. My, they the they, can, they can
1: click through uh, they, they can't on on my home page. If you scroll down, I think halfway down, you'll see the yeah. uh, the PDF guide that I created that is right. the uh, the five sto- story storytelling. Yeah, it's the uh, essential right. steps for for storytelling. And that the organization techniques and the mem- memory mining uh, sources, that sort of thing help you get started and organized. That was one of the things I was finding was the biggest problem with um, with my coaching clients. They came out, they're like, I don't even know where to start. I have all of these stories and all of these memories, and I don't know how to organize them. So I have uh, in that PDF some different uh, ways that you can lay it out and, and resources that you can use to gather your memories and, and begin organizing them. And there are some key story, story elements that you have to, I won't say story elements, um, decisions that you need to make before you even get started. Like, do you want to do it as a full-length, uh, you know, book like a memoir? Or do you want to do it as a collection of short stories? You know, uh, so so there are a few questions that they walk through figuring out how exactly um, they fit their stories into the, the format of, of what they want to have it come out looking like at the end. So, okay. I don't know if that makes yeah. any
0: sense. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I'll yeah, tell you what, another, Well, this is the thing. Yeah, because when they, if they start a story, it's going to change. So if they never start it, once you start making notes, then other things come to mind, and maybe that would be the best thing, right? If they just started putting little clips down of what they wanted to talk about, because you know how that goes. When you're talking about it, then all of a sudden you go, "Oh, I remember this, and I remember that." So maybe that would because exactly. it's hard to make a decision. Yeah. Kristen, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, you yeah. we were going to ask a question. They, they, um, how does
2: journaling kind of like fit in with the memoir thing? Because I know a lot of people when they get started, they kind of look to the piles of their, their journals.
1: Journals are absolutely a wonderful resource. And within that PDF, that's one of the things I list as things to use uh, for your memory resources. Uh, the journals in particular, one of the things that they really they do is they provide really valuable insight into your emotions and your thoughts in that moment of time when it was happening. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's a great source of it. Uh, letters and email also, because letters and email are great for actually dialogue, pulling dialogue so that you actually have the conversations that were going back, and you can work those into dialogue. Photos for character descriptions and setting descriptions. Using music to uh, create mood and also reliving the time period, um, recipes are another one because taste and smell are just really great sensory-based uh, memory prompts. So there, there's a bunch of different ways that you can mine your memories, uh, and then some of the, some of the things, particular journals would be amazing sources actually have uh, some entries that I've been harvesting for uh, a book that I'm working on currently and memoir that I'm working on currently. And because they're entered at the moment that you're experiencing all the stuff, everything is so fresh. So time doesn't dilute any of it. Time doesn't change any of it because you have it already recorded. So journals are a wonderful source of that. That being said, it also adds a lot to dig through so it's, it's not something that you'll be able to go through overnight to be able to pull it all together
0: right
2: well wow, those are right. some great right. tips talking yeah. about the the send the the music to kind of take you back and then I, th- I thought it was very interesting you mentioned like the emails and stuff to have the actual dialogue so yeah there there is so much so much to it how did how did you yeah. get
1: interested in the whole memoir genre to begin with in it that was an accident. I mean, I've always been fascinated by people's personal stories, but actually writing memoir, was I fell into it. I was screenwriting at the time and was working on a, um, uh, on a script for uh, a producer that had a picture deal at Disney. And as I was working with him uh, on, uh, on, on that script, I ended up experiencing a breakup. And then I started journaling about it. A friend of mine read a portion of the journal, and she started laughing. She's like, oh, my God, this is awesome, because I have a rather snarcastic sense of humor. And she's like, you should totally write this as a book. And I thought, really? You think so? (laughs) And I kind of took a deep dive into publishing 10 years later. (laughs) Um, Because it really – the difference between writing uh, screenplays and writing narrative – is it's the difference between like running naked through a field of flowers yeah, or yeah. being like tied up in a basement? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Screenwriting well, you Atlanta, very, but, but if
0: actually but if you do screenwriting you get dialogue from that. When you yes, screenwrite. Yes, you get but you get, you get, get people, very
1: good at yeah. get, very good at dialogue from that as well. But yeah, um,
0: yeah. But yeah,
1: so I just gravitated towards the the memoir and started reading more memoir and finding that it didn't necessarily need to be the literary uh, navel-gazing. I, I hate to say that, <laughs> but there are so many memoirs mm-hmm. out there that can be funny and engaging and just give you an insight into lives that you would never have experienced before. So just kind of mm-hmm. fell in love with it well, after and also falling think into it.
0: You were, you were mentioning, you know, because I think people think like, what am I going to do with it when it's done? Well, you can independently publish it, and there are
1: publishers that will help you do it. There are don't all, if you don't. there are all kinds. Yeah, there are all kinds of ways that it, that it can be put out, and even if somebody wants to serialize their stories, they can even use Kindle Vela. So, uh, and well, that's, that's the other things, too, thing do that I want. To, yeah. Wow. That i want to i didn't really... think about it oh, I didn't think
0: about a favela yeah that's okay oh,
1: there, there, there tons of there are tons of ways there's patreon uh people could put it out via patreon um and you know gather readers that way uh, there there are so many avenues that weren't available years ago now with social media oh, that yeah. peop people people can d i y their 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 own books um, in uh, pretty quickly even with particularly with ebooks and even if yeah. they decide that they want to do print books it doesn't have to be an offset print run anymore with you know warehousing and distribution which is what I did years ago um, as a, uh, yeah, as a micro different, indie very different now yeah a very, very different, different oh I would never have, I if I had had that as more of a uh, something that at the time would have been acceptable doing print on demand, I absolutely would have done that yeah. because then you don't have to worry about storing the books, yes. you know, distributing yeah. them to the bookstores, that sort of thing. It, it cuts yes. down and and Amazon so does it down so much easier. Amazon, you
0: yes. know, naturally Amazon takes their cut, but Amazon, you know, will advertise it if you want. You know, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And once you tell people your book is on Amazon, that changes everything. You know that people think that it's actually a book. Because people have a hard time thinking independent. That's why I tell people don't say it. You know, uh, just say it's an in, you're an independent publisher because it sounds that's what you are. You know, it's not like it was years ago. Like, because I think years ago when people started doing this, I I was doing shows at that time I started, and people would say like, oh, do you think this is going to be a good thing? And all of a sudden Kindle came and then it went wild. And everybody that yeah, didn't it, get published can now once once again take their things out of their drawers, get their books made, and put it out there. Which never—it's so good now. I mean, if people don't realize how lucky they are. All these things that they can do, like you said, all those years ago, you could have probably done this, but you didn't
1: do it because you didn't—it wasn't really offered like it is now. It—it uh, it was definitely much more challenging back then, and yeah. independent publishing. Uh, uh DIY publishers were very much kind of looked down on as being subpar um but yeah. with the technology now you can put out beautiful beautiful products yeah you know, with great yes. cover designs yes. yes. edited designs oh qu- exactly quality printing the whole deal so uh so i love technology <laughs> yeah no it, it's
0: changed so much and people when they listen to the show sometimes they think oh, I can't do this. But, yes, you can because there's help out there. You know, um, there's a lot of independent publishers that will help. Like, like, well, Fidelity Publishing is who I've used for 15 years, and she's a graphic artist, so and she has a lot of people that she helps that way that really don't know what to do. So she helps them put right. it together. And Amazon has services, and there's a lot of places that really will help you do that. So you don't have to do it alone. Because uh, it's, it's so, how, you know, if you're doing it alone, it's like, oh, my God, what do I do? Because it, there are a lot of steps. People call me all the time, and they go, oh, I want to write a book. I go, okay. They tell, ask me how to do it. So I like they have an hour conversation telling them exactly what they need to do, how they can market it, whatever. And guess what? Nothing. They don't do anything. <laughs> they do nothing. Because they don't think, they don't realize how hard. It is hard. But it's well well worth it. it. It's it, really yeah, worth there, it.
1: it. definitely That's one of the things that I have found, even that people that, you know, say, oh, I want to write a book. Everybody wants to write a book, but they got to be able to put their butt in the seat and actually get the the words onto the page. And that's where a lot of people, I I read a statistic the other day, I'm horrible statistics, so I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. But it was something like, you know, 85% of people want to write a book but the people that actually follow all the way through to get it published is about 3%. Oh, oh really? wow. Wow. So, so it, hey, was, it was yeah, <laughs> such, a, such a huge, huge, but it doesn't have to be that way because things, there are so many different ways to publish. There are so many different ways to even write the story. It doesn't have yeah. to be a full-length 200-page book you can look at something like even the um, uh, the personal stories that David Sedaris writes those are collections of uh, collections of stories so if yeah. somebody doesn't think they can sit with, you know, standard plot structure for the length of a 200 or 300 page book the short story collections are much more accessible not only for right. the writer but also for for readers because with everybody's attention spans and Things going on, you know. Uh, hardcore readers absolutely will sit down and read a full-length book start to finish. I finished one a few months back. It was seven hundred pages. But uh, I think but one of the people things
0: people have don't. to realize is about readers. Readers—that's who you're going to do this for. Readers, and readers are—they—they um, they are looking at the story. They're not looking at it for exactly the form. something. I mean, if it's very bad in form, I think that would be, you know, difficult to try to put it out there. But if it's done really good and it's done with your heart and this is a story about your life, I think people would be interested in a lot of different things. And, you know, a person, like you never know what's going to happen. Somebody could pick up your book and go, you know what, I think this would make a good miniseries. You never know. Right. That's the thing right. about right. You don't know. I have and one of the things for...
2: Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, ahead. go yeah. ahead. No, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I was just like going along with that track. You were talking about things that people were interested in um and that made me think of the universal themes. I have a universal themes chart that's got 123 which this is by no means all of them because there are so many. But a universal theme when you introduce that into your story or you uh, find that through line theme for your story resonates universally because other people have experienced the same thing. Uh, for example, like body image. Yeah. Okay. That That's something that crosses, yeah. you know, all age groups, demographics, that sort of thing. And if you write a, a book about uh, body image, which it's uh, pretty as the new fat I think is the uh the name it was Jen Lancaster it was one of my i read it quite a while back, and i'm loved, loved that book it was hysterical, but it really was about her experience of somebody on a bus talking about how fat she was, and it became this kind of obsessive thing uh, it's, uh I'm actually googling it right real, real quick um, and her her book was. Oh, such a pretty fat one narcissist quest to discover. Uh, let's see. Uh, one narcissist quest to discover if her life makes her ass look big or, or why pie is not the answer.
0: Um,
1: she published, she published that book back in, in May of, of 2008. And if you look at it, okay, that was 2008. It is just as relevant today as it oh, was yeah, back then.
0: Absolutely. Right. Probably more because it's shaming of people. It, it, it's so, you know, this is the world we live in. And so if a person might want to do a memoir, maybe they would feel better about it if they, when, they done, when they're done, that they would get some maybe accolades and maybe that would be kind of, you know, something that would make them in this world fit in better. Because, you know, a lot of times you'll see people on TV. I, I, I don't know. I think it's on the Golden Globes. Oh, yes. It was. Um, oh, my God. Uh, I'll I'll think of who it is. Robert, wait a minute. He just won a Golden Globe, but he had a a lot of people, negative comments his whole life. And so here he is writing, uh, winning an award. So in the middle of the Golden Globes, it was Emmys, one of them. uh, He goes, all right, these are the comments that I got beforehand. Okay, so he wrote all the bad comments that people had said about him. And he goes, and I'm here today picking up an award, meaning, like, now he changed his whole persona. And but he still remembers exactly he, enough to put that in his speech of how they made him right. feel when they were not good remarks. Right, right, a Robert absolutely. Downey Jr., it's a Robert Downey. It was Robert Downey Jr. He won
1: an award, and he, and he, he was, has had and yeah. he has had quite a tough life. He's had a yes, lot of stuff that he's gone through in his life, and he's bounced back, and it's made his stories so. I don't know, interesting, right? Yeah, because he. I mean, everybody was listening like
0: so intent because here's a guy. Every we all know how much aggravation had, sadness, and happiness, and sadness and happiness in his life, and then to actually have a note card to say, all right, they said this, 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 and this was something that will never go away. See, that's what people don't understand. But like you're saying about the person that was heavy that wrote the book, that's not going out of her head ever. It doesn't. But there's degrees right. where you can survive. But it, it doesn't go out of your head. If you have a teacher that says something horrible to you, it doesn't leave. We'd like to say right. it does, but it doesn't. You know, so well, I think thing,
1: too that I think
0: yeah.
1: Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was, yeah, I was gonna say, and, the, and the thing too that I think about that is she's not the only person, and he is not the only person that, that has has experienced these things. Right. So right. that's where the universal theme comes in: is people are able to resonate with their story because yeah. they've had the same experience. I had people reach out to me um, uh, about my book, which was just it was a breakup story. It was me trying to recover from, you know, being dumped by the guy I thought was the one. And I had people, uh, readers, reach out to me and say that my story helped them get through their breakup. Which is great. So that's something that although they may not have been able to relate to the uh, small details of it, just the general universal feeling of heartbreak was one of the universal themes in the story that does resonate.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's a big thing. And people and don't people get always
1: over it feel, a lot. People
2: feel so yeah. comforted, too, to know they're not alone yeah. when they went through something, to read someone else's story and be like, oh, you know, I, I, someone else went through it as well. Right. right?
0: Which is why right. you write young adults. And the young adult with Christian. you know, that's the thing. She writes those stories, but all these Girls or guys that are reading them, they can feel it because a lot of it happened to them, and they relate right to what she's done.
2: You know, uh, and then you hear from people too that you know, like adults that read it, saying like, "Oh my gosh, that took me right back there," and yeah. I wanna to ask yeah. too, for people who have been wanting to write a memoir, but and I wanna preface this because my mom listens to these podcasts, that mom, I'm not talking about our family. I have no plans at this point to write about our family. Your blood pressure can stay right where it's at. I'm asking for other people who listen to the show, Mom. But other people who want to write about their family situations but are a little bit, you know, squeamish about the kickback from other family members, how would you advise them to approach their story to write their own memoirs?
1: You know, this is, it's funny, but that is a concern often, uh, yeah. not only with, uh, with people who are concerned about, you know, parents uh, being upset about what they might write about their child, uh, childhood experiences you know, to siblings who maybe don't remember it that it's the same way uh, that the person experienced it, to people wanting to not necessarily put their children's uh, experiences in their book because that's not their story either. Um, when it comes down to things like that, that that's going to be a personal decision for every person. Mm. But w- the way I look at it is Anne Lamott has a famous quote about this. That, um, uh, and I'm going to dig it up real quick. Um, uh, It's basically, to to paraphrase it, it's um, if people wanted to write, wanted you to write kindly about them, they should have behaved better or something like that. (laughs) Yes, I've heard that one. that's a good thing. So, you know, it's like everything that happened to you, everything that happened to you is your story. If somebody else has a different view of it, let them write their own story. Well, Mm -hmm. when I did To Life, okay, it was
0: about Salah Lewis and her sister. They were both Holocaust survivors. Uh, Her sister was older than her. So when we were finished with the book, uh, Uh, she had talked about it with her sister, and I I think her sister did read it, and then her sister said, no, that's not what happened. Salah? Said I was in the room with them. She goes, well, that's what I saw, and her sister Dora did not see the same things because they were different age groups, and her sister Dora was protecting her. So I think Sayla was young, you know, young, young adult. She was like eleven, twelve, that and so I think that they saw it completely differently, and Mm -hmm. so I think and they were at the same place, right? And I think. You know, and one thing when I wrote the book with, with Sarah, she put all, I mean, this is her entire story. This is what happened to her. Okay, so she, I was, you know, I was just, you know, we had talked, we, I would go there every day and we talked and I'd write notes down and everything. But they came to one part and I, she didn't want, everything was all the right names or whatever. She did not want her ex-husband's name so we had to change we changed it i don't know why because everybody if the it would have known her story but she just there was something about it she just wanted so i said frank we can do that he was not in it very long he was in it for a while but it wasn't it was not his story so we just changed the first name because she just felt strange about that but her kids were in it and you know I don't know if they were there thrilled with it. You know, it's hard. But this was very important to her to get that book out. And it meant everything to her. So I did what she wanted. So that's the thing. If you're writing someone else's story, and I got reviews, some of them, and I mentioned it a lot of times, they go like, oh, you didn't even know what you're talking about. Maybe you should have gone into more research. And I'm thinking – and you know the fact is this wasn't my story. I wanted to change a few other things and add things, but this is what she wanted, and she was happy till the day she died that she had that book. So you know, and when people write reviews on things like that, this was her story. So if you write, you right. can't you can change fiction, but you can't really nonfiction is what the story is.
1: Yeah, you great. know what? And that brings so that's up another thing. That brings. Yes. Well, that brings up a go point. Ahead. No, I was that, piggybacking off of what you what you said. That brings up a point. Uh, back when, um, uh, what was it? A million little pieces. Uh, it was uh, what was it? Oh James? yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I can't that was a great yes, one. The series, you mean? The series. No, 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 no. Oh, it, was a, it was a memoir that was years ago. Oh. And I'm oh, Blanking on the name real quick. A Million Little Pieces. It was written back in 2000, 2003. And it was supposedly a, a memoir. And mm-hmm. there were some things that came to light that he had uh, created characters and fabricated situations and, and that sort of thing. And the memoir community was very much up in arms about it and... I 100% agree with the authenticity of a story. You don't make composite characters. You don't. I mean, I did change the names of the people in my book to protect the, uh, me from the guilty. Well, let's put it that way. No, no, but that, that's understandable. No, it's understandable. But, um, it is. But when you're when you're making up things that didn't happen, with people that don't exist, or you right. you yes. know made a composite yeah. character, you know, that's not memoir. It may be, yeah. you know, some sort of uh, fiction based or inspired by a true story, but that's not memoir. Memoir yeah. authentically right. is the truth of the story as right. you experienced it. And I, and, I will, and you write I based will on. fight at the top of How it. about based
0: that's on? Not, not, not. When you base it on someone's life, that's what a lot of people write. That's what I wrote. That's because it's based on her story. It is not my story. So that's the thing. You know, you took the names out, but it's the story. You didn't change the story. Uh, so,
1: well, again, again, the based on, particularly for uh, what happens with screenplays and such, because they've got to make it screen worthy. There's a lot yeah, I know. of right, right. yeah. yeah they, they, there's a lot of changes that are made to the original story, oh, yeah. so they can say inspired. They can say inspired by and based on. <laughs> And then you know that for the most part, the skeleton is mostly intact, but they've likely, you know, added a lot of embellishments to make it screen-worthy. In memoir, I do not believe that that is something that should be done at all. I I believe in the authenticity of somebody's story and their experience, and I would like to see memoir stay that way. Um, which brings up something kind of tangential but somewhat related is with ai now and a lot of people yeah. writing you know uh writing stories mm-hmm. or having ai fill in the uh you know plot points and creating stories yeah. based on ideas that the you know uh writer would like to have in the story that's something that I don't believe AI will ever be able to take over memoir. It just won't. I mean, there will be yeah. countless fiction stories created using AI, um, but you can't make up your life. It I just, agree. It either yeah. happened or it didn't happen.
0: So right, uh, and that, it's a really important. That's why writing a memoir is so important, and it's uh, you know what we're talking about today because there are steps to take to do one, but you do have to be truthful, because, you know, in this world, people are handling truth lightly these days, (laughs) and that is really, you know, if it's a very important story, let's just say, like, a Holocaust survivor, and this is exactly how she saw it, or if somebody was in a war, Vietnam, whatever, it's the way they saw it, so those are things, like, you're right, you don't want to, you can't, because that changes the whole story, you know, it's how the character handled it, how the I call it my character, but how the person handled their life, and it's real. Right. You know, Absolutely. and that's why now it's a difficult. It's very difficult now, because you do see a lot of things on TV. They go based on, and then you go after you've watched it. It was great, but then you sometimes think, well, what part was real and what wasn't? And that's that right. happens, and that's not always good either. To the person yeah. that wrote the, let's say that wrote the memoir.
1: That kind of brings up a um, uh, something that I wanted to talk about too, which are uh, stunt okay. memoirs. Uh, initially, when I first heard uh, about the um, uh, the purchase or the uh, kind of book proposal for uh, Eat, Pray, Love, uh-huh. I was a little bit uh it kind of got my memoir hackles up, and I was going, okay, you can't just put out a book proposal yeah. saying, I'm going to go have life experiences, and this is what I'm going to write about. Uh, it felt too contrived for me to say, oh, yeah. I'm going to take a trip to, you know, India and, you know, wherever, and I'm going to eat things, and I'm going to fall in love, and I'm going to, you know, do meditation <laughs> and write about it that didn't seem authentically memoir to me um, but what i have uh and i'm actually going to uh, eat those words and pray over them <laughs> i'm actually working on a, i'm actually i'm actually working on a stunt memoir right now myself uh, there are quite a few out there i don't know um if uh, if you've read some of them uh the happiness project by Gretchen Rubin i actually interviewed her when i was the uh, senior editor and co-publisher of, uh, wow, Women on Writing, uh, an online women's writing website where I actually met Kristen. And um, uh, when I interviewed Gretchen Rubin, she had taken a year to say, okay, I'm going to take a year and see what I can do in my life to make myself happier. You know, so she started her happiness project. There was uh, a book called Julie and Julia. Where Julie Powell uh, wrote her way through oh, uh, yeah. trying all, yeah. the, all, trying all the recipes, right, in uh, yes. in Julia yes. Child's uh, Art of French Cooking. Yeah. So uh, and had a great... good, there has been was a good oh. movie though
0: that was good, that was a good movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, that oh, I, I read the book I didn't, stunt. See, didn't see the movie. Those are, those are called stunt memoirs.
2: Those are called stunt memoirs. I wasn't familiar with the ca- term.
1: Yeah, they're yeah. called stunt memoirs. Uh, they, it was another yeah. term years ago, and I didn't I, it's fallen out of it's fallen out of favor. And I've forgotten now what it is. Um, but the stunt memoir is like uh, uh, AJ Jacobs uh, wrote one called The Year of Living Biblically, where he decided to spend an entire year trying to live the Bible literally, just follow everything it said in there uh, to the letter.
0: Right. So, no, left,
1: uh, um, so well,
0: I don't have words for that. I don't know how they could do that. Oh my
1: God! You know, and okay, Shonda <laughs> Rhimes, uh, who's who, uh, who's yeah. the creator of yeah, uh, Grey's Anatomy and, and an Scandal and murder, So, so, so murder many, so many them. other
0: How to Get right, Away right. with Murder, so, and, so yeah.
1: many, so many other shows. Correct. She wrote a wrote a my memoir called The Year of Yes because someone had challenged her by saying, you know what, you never say yes to anything. You're always, no, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) So she said, you know what, I'm going to try this year to say yes to everything that comes up. If somebody asks me to do something or go somewhere (laughs) or try something, I'm just going to say yes and I'm going to do it. So she has her book, uh, the year of yes, you know, uh, Barbara, Barbara Kingsolver wrote one uh, called Animal Vegetable Miracle, where she spent a year eating only lo- locally sourced foods and she was farming land in uh, in southern Appalachia. So th- there are a lot of yeah. kind of me- memoir experiments, if you want to call them that that, uh, that, that people have done to just try something and write about the experience of it. And well i, th- I think I think
0: that, that there is a lot my mind what that well, yeah, because there's so many documentaries, so many different stations now on you know with cable that they're taking you know there's a lot of different there's room for a lot of everything, and that's what they have now, just stations and stations yeah. of things that you can learn about different people, and it, you know, and sometimes you're watching one and you didn't know who that person was, but it's like oh, this is interesting. So I think this is, we're coming into something interesting. So I think for you, starting, you know, your workshop, and that'll be in the spring?
1: Um, I haven't decided when I'm going to launch it yet. Um, I took a course in, uh, I've done, back in the day, it was blog tours and blogging and, and that sort of thing. And this was, Pre-Facebook, it was when, you know, uh, Twitter was new and Facebook was new. Now you have so much more reach that before yeah. it was just a PayPal button on my blog. Somebody would sign up for the, the workshop. Uh, it was online technically because I would email the, the assignments to them. They would email back yeah. their, their homework and that sort of thing. Well, now with all of the technology, you can run it so much differently than I did back then. So I, I took a course in how to set all of that up, and I'm still a little bit uh, working through the tech portion of it. So I'm not sure exactly when it'll launch, but uh, but it will be so this do year. Do you know where you're going to add, uh, and Do
0: you know how you're going to market it?
1: Um, of course, all the, across all the socials, um, yeah. anybody that's signed up on my email list will, will get a notification of when the workshop will be opening. Um, I will likely mm-hmm. do some social media ads for it, um, you know, perhaps Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, it just depends. Yeah. It's going to be fo- focused mostly on uh, personal storytelling, not necessarily memoir for publication, but for people that do have personal stories that they want to tell for their families.
0: I, I remember one work years ago, with you oh, now a man did that so, you know somebody did they did it in a they, they they had it done not in an exact book but it was like in a fold and it was very important to him to have it for not at the moment but let, that his kids would find it when he was gone that they would know about him if they were younger grandchildren right. or whatever so I think because like we started to talk about that like at the you don't always know what people did. You know, a lot of times when you're, you know, in your 20s or 30s and you're having a conversation with your parents, it's a different conversation than you do when you're 10. And then you go, oh, I didn't know you did that, or I didn't know you did that. And, and, you know, it's very interesting sometimes to think about, you know, and have good conversations about what your parents did that you go like, oh, I didn't know you did that. You know, it's like because parents still had lives. (laughs) <laughs> they think your parents right. are one way, but they did things,
1: right? right. So I think,
0: yeah, actually, they have
1: for legacy. legacy. Yes, legacy. absolutely. One of one of my coaching clients um, actually has a wonderful story. She and it's a multi generational story. She's writing her family's legacy of the uh, three generations of matriarchs that uh, uh, that left Cuba during the revolution and uh, and immigrated to the United States. So it was three women in her family that pretty much uh, for three generations kind of drove the family uh, dynamic as far as yeah. making the decisions and, and you know, uh, handling everything, being the primary breadwinner um, on top of all that. And her story is absolutely fascinating. And yeah. I've been working with her to go through that. And her main concern or problems were, She's not only telling her experiences with it, and she's, she's at the age now where her mother recently passed, and, of course, her grandmother has gone, so she wants to tell these stories because her children don't know anything about them, and if she doesn't tell them, it dies with her. Nobody will. Yeah. So yeah. nobody will know any of the stuff from, you know, what she experienced or her mother or her grandmother, and she has, collected all of the stories there's oral stories that she has and, and we worked to um, kind of organize things in a way that made sense for her to be able to 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 tell the stories from the point of view of the uh, of the different matriarchs and their experiences and pull it all to, put it all together cohesively for her family for their, for their legacy well right family
0: you know family you know Myself in my, I have um, my latest three books are the Warrington Legacy. So uh, it's just all about the father, what he expects of his daughters, and this you know different relationship in his life and his you know his childrens. But I know when I was writing it, the strangest thing happened to me that there are two girls and they're sisters, and like the father always calls them girls, which is what my father. I didn't think about it. To at all that it had anything to do with me, but when I was having conversations between the two sisters, it wasn't. It was like I was talking to my own sister in the way the speech pattern went, but it wasn't the story. So it was kind of weird, you know, that I didn't even realize that was happening to me till I was done. It was the third one that this is my sister and me really just talking. So it made it easier for me to just have these girls talk. And the father just always go okay, girls, because it just reminded me of, like, my life. But so I think maybe in people's writing, they don't realize that they are writing some of the things that happened to them. They're not their stories. It's just, you know, places. You know, when we write, like when I, I wrote you, I think I wrote you in the text today. When I said, all of us write characters that are writing fiction, but we have to get their lives and how do we get their lives? We have to give them a past, And how do we do that? There are people that right. come on, you know, in our head, but they're also related to each other. So you, how do they act toward each other? So in writing a memoir and writing, there's so much that people don't probably think of that might have to do with their own life. It's not the exact things that happen, but it's how they see things in life. right. Right. You know, we have ways oh, to I, th- I think
1: all fi- Yeah, I think I think all fiction to some degree uh is uh infused with personal life experiences and uh, and uh, observing things that happen and putting yourself in that position saying well how would I handle it or you know I don't know I've never written fiction but I'm sure Kristen can uh, can speak to that. Right
0: because Kristen yeah. no, talking, no I mean, absolutely yeah, nothing came from my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 it didn't come from your life, but your characters are young. So, you know, and now she's going to maybe, you're going to think of transitioning them to older, right? You know. Yeah. You have to, you're changing them as you change, too, in your thinking.
2: Yeah, because I think I found, too, because I was encouraged years ago to write a memoir about something that I was uh, transitioning to a different type of uh, life because I was going from, you know, being a journalist to going into military life. And I found that when they told me to start with, like, the blogging and essays, and for a while that's what I was doing was writing a lot of personal essays, that was so much harder for me. I do so much better hiding behind characters, and I can be Hmm. much more authentic when I'm hiding behind a character. But to ask me to write about my own situation and put it out there, that's probably just not going to happen. If you really want to get to know me, read the book, because it's all there on the page, but you're just not going to see it in a blog post.
0: Right,
1: right. A, a lot of but people. But Annette, Annette, you have that. a lot.
0: Annette, you have a lot of things that you add in your books about you. You, I mean, you wrote the memoir. You know, even though it's several years ago, it still was yours.
1: Oh, it one hundred percent was uh, everything that happened in my life. <laughs> it's, uh, right? No, it, it's, but that's hard to do. Very hard. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because I actually see it the other way around. I don't know if I could ever write fiction because I would have to make up people and ex- situations and have uh, imaginary people deal with imaginary situations and it just feels so much easier to me to be able to take something that I've experienced and to analyze it, kind of take it apart and uh, kind of live through it again. That's one of the things that's been a bit of a challenge for uh, for one of the memoirs I'm currently working on. Is it requires me to dig into some really uh, tough emotional experiences that are uh, that are that are hard to relive on the page. But that I'm going to bring right up a, a quote from um, Robert Frost: "No tears in the writer, no tears in the reader." No wonder in right. the writer, no wonder in the reader. So you have to, at least in my belief on memoirs, you have to be able to examine and dive in to these really deep, hard emotions, and yeah. be able to to spill spill that blood onto the page for the reader to be able to actually feel it and and see it the way you experienced it.
0: But fiction writers, some, I mean. When we're writing fiction, I think, Kristen, was, they are real to us. Kristen, would you agree? <laughs> they are real. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, I mean, it's, they, they feel like they're real. And I, many people, most of the people that are on here that have said that, because when we write fiction, these are people to us, you know, and, and right. I think a lot of people that don't write fiction don't see that. But when we are these people, you know, it's a lot of work, we're tired a lot of times when you they have issues. <laughs> we're having issues. It sounds like we're all crazy, but the truth is this is what writers say, that we're into it. So, you know, Kristen, don't you feel like when you're writing, because I know we've talked about this, that yeah. you are like, people well, I guess- you know.
2: Yeah, I've said before that I'll take little bits from different people's experiences, and every once in a while, I find I get so deep into who they are that I will write scenes, and then maybe a week or two later, something like that will actually happen to the real life person that was inspiring it, and they will have the, the same mm-hmm. reaction. And so it's like it's a yeah. weird thing, and then I have to, you know, grapple with do yeah. I want to take that thing out or type of thing. But yeah, and sometimes people write something and a reaction to something, and later on you'll find out that. That I had somebody read one of my books one time before. It, was, it hasn't been published yet. And they said they knew I'd interviewed this person years ago, but just a very, you know, like, like journalist type thing. And they said, did you know that such and such actually happened to him? And I said, no. And they said, well, I didn't think you would. It was such a personal oh, yeah. thing. But that actually did happen to him. It was very devastating. And I thought, well, I better take it out because I don't want anyone to think that, you know, that I was using something terrible that happened in someone's life that was traumatic you know personal gain but I came up with that on my own so sometimes I think when you do do character studies enough you can I think now looking back at it now I think maybe you can see traumas in people or you can see something that maybe happened below the surface that they don't talk about but you can see something happened and and that's what I'm guessing it is either that or I'm completely intuitive and you should all be scared because I'm seeing stuff (laughs) but one of the two
1: be <laughs> Something wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Because as as a reader, as as a reader, also, I can get completely and totally invested not only in reading but also in movies. Invested so much in the characters that yeah. it's, it, even when I start to read, I step into the book. I'm not sure if it's like a sentence or two in, but I stop seeing words on the page, and I yeah. have literally walked sure. into the scene and i am in the experience with the characters that's and great. Yeah, that's uh, yeah so i become yes. re- really invested in it and uh, and sometimes when a series of books or a book comes to an end i'm going okay now what am i going to do because my world it just ended and i was so mm-hmm. into the book that <laughs> into it felt like <laughs> it's like how do i get back to my normal life because Now that the whole court of thorns and roses series. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, look what What, happened to. I mean, this is.
0: We're all in this now because we are watching so much TV and series, and I mean, it. It's true. That is another thing about COVID because sometimes during COVID we were just watching just TV and TV. And I had I have had lots of shows about, you know, Handmaid's Tale and everybody was talking about this and, you know, old movies and all of that because we all, no matter what age we are, we got invested in watching all of these series and old movies and things like that. So I think life has changed in that way because in, we all watch series now. So we get to know them. And then you go, well, what's going to happen to them? (laughs) You know, I mean, because they're gone. I mean, like when they stop a series, it's like succession is stopped, and I'm going like, well, I think they can do more with it. I think they can use one of the characters and just move on. But I guess the writers aren't going to do that. But, you know, because there's more that they could be telling. So that's the other thing.
1: We're all involved. If there's enough enough interest, well, you know, they end up with spinoffs. So it's like I was devastated when – when The Walking Dead ended. I was like, okay, but I'm still living in this zombie apocalypse. And <laughs> and where where are all of my other, like, uh, zombie fork-stabbing, you know, partners? They're gone. But uh, but then there was a spinoff, and I started watching Fear of the Walking Dead and, and, and trying to get my zombie zombie hits in. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah, yeah, so no, I, well, I, I, this
0: is how we are now. It's a very different culture even than it was ten years ago. Which is different. Yeah. You know, and, and, things. and you know, so what would you what would you like to add Annette, about, you know, before the show ends that you want people to know so they can like prepare to maybe get your coaching class because they could think in their mind of what they might want to do if they wrote a memoir.
2: And I wanna ask too, well, would, you are doing one on one coaching too that people can do right now with you, right?
1: Yes, I have been doing the one-on-one coaching. Um, The workshop uh, won't be uh, ready until later on this year. If somebody wants to reach out and, you know, get a series of of coaching, uh, you know, sessions or even a one-off if they're looking to just get, you know, get an idea of where they're going and then spend some time getting, you know, the words onto the page and then come back around to, uh, you know, to work through uh, developing it. I'm, I'm available for that as well. Well, that's um, a good idea. Yeah. So, so I mean, they can help, they can start well, that, that's, it. Yeah. That's, what can. I ha- yeah, that's what I have been doing with, um, with and some of that, the most fascinating stories. I'm going to have to, like, take a real quick segue on this, although the show's probably about to end here, is um, no, okay. I had uh, a, a coaching client who has a story. She is an African-American woman who grew up in an African tribe in the United States. Wow. So the, uh, the the land or property that they lived on, her mother was actually the chief of the tribe, and huh. they had the same, you know, uh, tribal political structure and hierarchy and um, kind of social community and that sort of thing of an African tribe, but she is 100% an American citizen, and as... You know, uh, and grew up in this uh, particular environment. It, her story is absolutely fascinating.
0: To yeah. is she uh, writing a memoir? Ex-
1: is she writing a memoir? She's. I'm hoping she's still putting words onto the page. Uh, one of the things that I find with uh, w- with people that I begin working with is they'll get started on it and dive in. People, I don't think people realize how much uh, time. And effort intensive, it can yeah. be.
0: Yeah, yeah. As
1: far as yeah. really making a commitment to it, and when you've got work and children and things like that, um, it takes you longer to get things on the page. That's why I do uh, one-off sessions, and you know, uh, and groups of uh, like packages of sessions, so that way the people can get what they need, and then go off and write and then come back. It's not something where they're locked into, oh, you've got to work with me for a year. I know a lot of coaches do that sort of thing. Oh, you've got to make a year commitment. I understand that memoir is not something that's going to happen overnight, especially when you've got to dig into a lot of uh, heavy emotional stuff. Uh, That sort of thing takes time to process. And I do have some some clients that are doing it specifically for being able to heal uh, from trauma that they've been through others that want to do it right. for family legacy. Well, it, take and a, it's, it, it takes a while. When
0: You know, it does. When I did Sarah's story, yeah, i go there every day for an hour or so and, you know, listen to her stories. And as she's talking, I'm crying because she already knew this stuff that happened, but I didn't, you know, and right. it was right. emotional, you know. It, she was it's putting very, it all yeah. out there, you know. And
1: it's a really emotional way. It is definitely highly yeah, some, yep. some of the emotional weight can, can definitely be heavy, especially if anybody is writing through any childhood trauma. Uh, I was uh, gave a consultation the other day to uh, a woman who wants to uh, write about her experience with a uh, narcissistic ex-husband. Now, now ex-husband. She's she's in the mm-hmm. process of going through a divorce, but it was just. Her experience being in a relationship with him and the types of narcissistic abuse that she uh, um, yeah. that she experienced. She feels like she needs to write through the story and wants to write through it. You know, but it's emotionally heavy. And if you're going to be yeah. reliving the stuff, it uh, it sometimes you have to be in the right mindset to be able to go, okay, I can tackle that today, or right. I've got too much going on this week. I can't sit down to work on this until maybe next weekend. That sort of thing. So, so it's right. memoir is often a much slower process than somebody that's able to sit down and you know, like crank out um, you know a story where the characters are doing a bunch of uh, interactions and advancing the plot and you know, arcing. And you know, there, the was a, they... <laughs> there was a book years ago. Did you read the book? Um, it
0: was Woman of Independent Means. Sally Field played the movie. But it was all done in diary form, and it was very good. It was really effective, you know, and it was all, you know, it was just really great. And then when it got on the screen, it was really good because I think Sally probably, you know, she's a great actress, and it just worked out that the whole story was in, I think, when it was on, it was in a series like of just three, I think. But it was all diary. And so if people are out there that have diaries, you know they and they want to start doing memoirs maybe they could think about how that went you know cuz it's perfect they, they
1: absolutely yeah they absolutely could take um journals or diaries that they have and uh pull the content out of them and either yeah. shape them into stories or or write it very similar to like what would be an epistolary novel which is an exchange done in letters but in this it would be you know a diary format and yeah. um there there's no one way to write a memoir which I think is absolutely right. beautiful.
0: Which is a good thing. Because they now, you know, yes. oh. this is good that we're having this show because I think people don't didn't realize what they could do and now there's a lot of ways they can go at this. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's great Christine. too that
2: you're yes. you know, you're you're very sensitive to, you know, what what it takes to put it on the page right. and you're saying that, you know, you don't yes. lock them in with your coaching. You know, you can do yeah. just a few and then go start writing and then come back so that if anybody is a little bit leery about, oh, it might be too much to take on, that they no. know enough that you're sensitive to it, that you understand you'll, you know, hold their hand as they're going through the process. I think that's going to get a lot more people to start thinking about I reaching think out and how do I they have contact right. yeah. you?
1: And, and how do they contact you if they want to do this coaching with you? There, they can reach out to me on any of the socials, um, my link tree, uh, uh, or just going to my website. I've got a, a contact page on my website. Right. Um, and can, it's on the they, show they, page. They can,
0: yeah, and they can always ask me if they're interested, and I'll get them in touch with you, you know, or Kristen, you know, we will get Yeah, it. And, the, and the website's
1: mm. easy. It's it's my name, Annette Fix, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, last yeah. name Fix, F-I-X, so it's com. And uh, you know, there, there's a variety of things that they wanted to uh, take a look at. The um, uh, the PDF that I've got for the uh, story steps, that actually is a great place to start. And I created it after um, uh, I worked with the um, uh, with the, the Cuba um, client because she had so much um, so many challenges with the different types of organization. I yeah. thought, you know what, she's not going to be the only one that has this question, so I'm going to create a document for people to be able to kind of get a jump start on it. So, uh, yeah, so that, I think that's, uh, I think it's that's really great. great. And if anybody, for Vela, you, it's, uh, don't
0: go into Amazon and put it in there. Or just put it in the search, Go you know, Vela.com, because that will take you to um, the Vela page, I think, right? I think it does takes them to Vela. And that's a good I, – I didn't even think about that. That's a good idea if people want to just start because they can do chapter at a time.
1: Yeah, you well, that's if, that's if they want to. Like, Bella or Patreon, if they want to monetize uh, their story, yeah. if it's something that they want to write either to heal or for their personal, uh, like, family legacy, that's yeah. – that's completely completely different than and I know that uh, my Cuba client would absolutely not want to uh put her story out right. for for okay. sale. She's doing she's right, doing this right. specifically for right. her family. So yeah. But if somebody's interested and like, it was,
0: Right and Patreon, yeah, I I think it's a little confusing sometimes Patreon. I tried it and then I it, it's that's a lot of that's more work than Bella, I think. You know. I, may be wrong, I, I think but I, Vela,
1: Vela has a little bit more of a built-in sort of uh, marketing arm to do or it. way to market, yeah, it. right? Right. You yeah. know, because because the people that know about Vela and, and are going on there and reading, uh, you know, serialized yeah. things are, are are actually searching for it. Whereas Patreon, you yeah. would have to drive your own traffic to it,
0: and that's, and, and you that's, would pretty
1: much different. with Patreon already have have to have some sort of a following. But, again, that's, 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 for monet, yeah. that's for
0: monetizing it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you're welcome to come back anytime you want to talk about this. You want to talk about this when you're ready to, you know, and start your coaching Feel free to let me know. I know. And, and well, be I've been show. doing
1: the coaching, and I am and I still am doing coaching, and I'm available I mean, for but coaching. when you're it's ready, it's the, work, the, the
0: workshop. It's, it's the, the workshop.
1: workshop. Yeah, it's the workshop yeah. I haven't uh, put together yet. I'm, I'm writing all the lessons for that because I'm expanding. That's hard. That's, hard. That's very hard, um, the workshop. It's uh, because when I work with um, coaching clients, all of it is customized to exactly right, their right. story and what they want to yeah. do with it. You know their oh, results, good. where they're at with where they're at with it, uh, with their writing ability. You know, um, and uh, and confidence. So there's there's mindset work. There's there's a lot of stuff that involves, There's a uh, lot with the whole. Yeah, yeah, the the workshop is going to be more yeah. of an out of. Yeah. Yeah, the workshop's going to be more of an out-of-the-box sort of thing where somebody would say, okay, I know I want to do this, so I'm going to purchase this workshop and I'll have access to all of the modules and lessons and, you know, uh, know, workbooks and that sort of thing, you know, uh, in perpetuity as opposed to this is a customized, I'm working with you specifically about your story type of coaching. Yeah.
0: It, depends. Oh,
2: right. it yeah. sounds it depends great. I'm really excited day. for when that gets started, yeah. and I hope people reach out because there's so many great stories yeah. that people have in yeah. their lives that, you know, they really should put out there for other people to learn from
1: and share. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. it's a good yeah. But Memoirs are good.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to, yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to make sure that anybody who has um, stories that are in up, underrepresented uh, demographics, you know, like the LGBTQIA plus community, yeah, yeah. you know, there are so many stories, particularly like, okay, for example, say coming out stories that yeah, there's, you know, they need to get their stories out there. I know it would be such a, a difficult thing and probably a lot of emotional heavy lifting to write the stories, but if they look at, uh, You know, the uh, universality of it where there are other younger people perhaps that are, you know, struggling with whether to come out or not or how to or, you know, maybe have and are dealing with any sort of, you know, uh, social or familial backlash from it. Um, Being able to read a story about somebody who was able to navigate it and come out the other side, uh, you know, happy and you know, successful and in their true selves that Yeah. yeah. Th- those stories are so important. So important. I agree. You know, all the I way agree. Across the I board. mean cultural because
0: these are cultural a memoir stories. can really help somebody else too. It does as much as it can help yes. the person once they get the story out too, it could help them and other people. And if it helps a few yes. people it's worth it.
1: Yes. Absolutely. It's it's often giving a voice to uh, people that are either feeling like they're the only one or nobody else is, yeah. you know, feeling the same way about it. And it, it right. allows people to see the community in all of the experiences that we have, just the whole human condition. That, that's what I really, really love about memoir.
0: I think it's an important, it's very important. And some things definitely should be out there. You know, like the Holocaust, like, you know, any story, I mean, divorce. I mean, there's just so many different topics that could help somebody, you know, or yes. transgender. Absolutely. I mean, there's, uh, there's so much happening in this world and so much unacceptance. So I think that could change if we have more memoirs and people would feel closer as to what a person's story really is. Right. They didn't just one day wake up and say, "Oh, I think I'm, this is going to happen to me." They, it just happens in your life, and it happens to your yeah. family too. So I think it will be very helpful if people come out and do it, and I think they probably will. So, you know, I think you know realizing that they can help other people. It's, a, it's yeah. a traumatic situation for a lot of teens. There's so many. There's so many different things. You know, we could talk about this forever because there are a lot of people that need to have their story told to help others too, yes. and themselves. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for having and, me. Uh, it's been yes, and I, it, and I will, if anybody's looking for help, I will definitely send them your way.
1: Because oh, you do. can't, yes. sometimes I, you need help. Can, you really
0: do. You can't do this by yourself sometimes.
1: It it does help? seem sometimes, uh, I've heard it's, it's overwhelming with the amount of stories and just not knowing how to get started or how to organize it right. or how to pull it all together. So, right. so, yeah, and I get so invested in people's stories, I, I really want to see them told.
0: And one last thing, Kristen, do you want to just mention when your book will be out and what's happening here? So oh, good Lord!
2: <laughs> yes, uh, end of February. <laughs> Stars in the City will be um, February twenty fourth. Oh, coming yeah. up lunch, girl. That's good.
0: Awesome. All right. Yeah,
2: that calendar seems to be moving pretty quick. All <laughs> oh, right, and before I forget, oh, right, right before
0: I forget, yes, before I forget, uh, Kathy Goldwyn is having the Winterfest, and, and um, she's got a sign-up page, and a lot of writers can meet each other and they read their stories and they Kathy has a prize if the people read the most books they have two hundred dollars in cash and it's it's for a month and I a lot of people love it you meet some different authors that you might not have met she has a lot of author friends that and readers so that's a good thing you know if you're interested you can ask me or on the uh, Michigan Avenue um, book club we have that I think we put that post out there Christian, I think you're in it, too, right? You're doing it.
2: Yes, and there's a separate sign-up sheet for authors, and then there's a separate one for readers. So if you just want to go and yeah. get books and read, you can sign up for, to be a reader.
0: Yeah. And it okay. does cool. a great job with it. And people do meet people, a lot. I've met a lot of people from that. So, all right, thank you, ladies, and have a wonderful evening. And... Um, it's nighttime, well, actually nighttime you. for you, Kristen. It's dark. See, now here it's almost 5 o'clock, and it's still light, which I'm happy. We're moving sure. in the right direction.
2: I love that. I, I know. <laughs> if it, if it gets closer to I summer. I do not like
0: it 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it's dark. So now it's almost <laughs> 5, and it's still light. So I'm happy. We're moving into the spring. <laughs> no, it's January. All right. Thank you all. Take care. Stay well. Bye-bye. Have a great bye-bye. one. bye Thank you. Thanks again. Oh, bye-bye. 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 <laughs>